Hi friends, welcome to another episode of Doable Discipleship, a Saddleback Church podcast designed to help you deepen your faith, or as we love to call it, it's the show that helps you grow with such conviction. Friends, did you know that this podcast is a part of the Saddleback Church family of podcasts? Family? It's true, a whole family. Uh, We have Doable Discipleship, we have The Well, we have Found, we have Lead with Worship. Friends, there's so many good podcasts coming out of Saddleback Church, and there are more to come. So we're excited to be a part we of the Saddleback Church family of podcasts. Um, I, I don't think we said this before. I'm Jason. This is Linda. Hey, guys. We're on the spiritual growth team here at Saddleback <laughs> Church. You've probably heard the show before, in which in, in which case you know who we are, uh, or at least our voices. And um, friends, also wanted to take a minute to acknowledge that this is the fifth birthday Yay! of Doable Discipleship. Happy birthday. Hooting and hollering. So yes, this podcast started on May 30th. 2017 five years later they still let us do it don't know why um but we're glad that you continue to listen we just want to give a special shout out to um all of the former co-hosts of this Mm -hmm. podcast to doug jones brandon robinson and uh five years strong wow i know it's been a lot of fun and so what better way to celebrate a fifth year birthday than to talk about pentecost um (laughs) right right well why, why not? 50? It, it makes sense. It does. Um, so a number a few weeks ago, we did a, an Ash Wednesday Lent episode and um, because we wanted to kind of explore uh, talking about um, some dates from the church calendar. Mm-hmm. That episode was really well received. So we thought, hey, let's continue that. And so why not talk about Pentecost? Um, so a Pentecost um, is 50 days after Easter, which is why we are releasing this now, um, because Pentecost will be in just a few days. If you're listening to this uh, when we when it comes out on May 31st, uh, and then Pentecost is in like six days on June 5th. Um, so we just wanted to, to have this episode so that you can prep and think about June 5th coming up, Pentecost. So with all that being said, let's dive into Pentecost. Uh, I want to start where most Christians start when it comes to this topic, talking about Pentecost. The first time that most believers hear about Pentecost is if you're reading Acts 2, right? And so I'm going to read this passage, starting in Acts 2, verse 1. It says, When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like a blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now, they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, Aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our native language? Parthians, Medes, and Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, and Cappadocia, Pontus, and Asia, Phrygia, I don't know what that says, and 
Pamphylia, Egypt, and the parts of Libya near Cyrene. Friends, this is a fun section of scripture. (laughs) So glad you're reading it. Visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said they have had too much wine. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice, and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. Now, he goes on recounting this prophecy of Joel and explaining who Jesus truly is. It is a preaching, gospel-filled moment in this. He wraps his sermon with a call to repent and to be baptized. And then, in verse 41, we're still in Acts 2, in verse 41 it says, Those who accepted his message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. So, let's get into this. So, what's going on here? (laughs) Quite a bit, actually. So, the very first thing that this passage tells us is that it's Pentecost. You might be thinking, what is that? What does that even mean? So, Pentecost is just a Greek word, and it means the 50th day. And it's a celebration that was actually instituted in the Old Testament, where it was called the Festival or the Feast of Weeks. It was also called Shavuot in Hebrew. And it was decreed, God had decreed it to be seven weeks after the Passover. So when God first gave his people the law, this is after they'd come out of Egypt, he also instituted specific like feast days and celebrations that should be held annually to honor him and celebrate what he'd done for his people. So we read about this. The first time you really hear about what this feast is celebrating is in Leviticus 23. This is where it's explained. It's starting in verse 15. It says, from the day after the Sabbath, to the day you brought the sheaf of the wave offering, count off seven full weeks. That's why it's called the Feast of Weeks. Count off 50 days up to the day after the seventh Sabbath, and then present an offering of new grain to the Lord. From wherever you live, bring two loaves made of two-tenths of an ephah of the finest flour baked with yeast as a wave offering of first fruits to the Lord. Present this with bread, seven male lambs, each a year old and without defect, one young bull and two rams. They will be a burnt offering to the Lord together with their grain offerings and drink offerings, a food offering and aroma pleasing to the Lord. So it goes on and it explains all of this, the steps that they were to do in offering to the Lord. And then he, this passage ends at verse 21. It says, this is to be a lasting ordinance for generations to come wherever you live. Yeah, this feast was what was called a pilgrimage feast. So all able-bodied Jews were to come to Jerusalem for this feast. So if you were Jewish, you traveled from wherever you lived several times a year to observe these feasts that God had established. So let's go back then to Acts 2. It's that time. Jews 
from all over are in town for the observance of Pentecost. And at the same time, the disciples were all waiting for the Holy Spirit. Because if you remember, right before Jesus ascended back to heaven, he told them to go to Jerusalem and wait for the Holy Spirit he was going to send. Imagine that. Imagine waiting. Imagine being there, just kind of biding your time, saying, what's this going to look like? Yeah. What am I waiting for, like, expecting? Yeah, and Who when? is this advocate that's coming? Yeah. Um, so it's been about, at this point, a week and a half. And this is when the Holy Spirit is poured out according to the prophecy of Joel 2.28. So you might be asking, like, how do Pentecost and the coming of the Holy Spirit fit together? So why did God choose that day? God never does anything just randomly. <laughs> There's always a reason. There's always something behind behind the scenes going on. So when I was researching this, I didn't actually know. I've always just taken for granted the fact, oh, it's on Pentecost. So I consulted some Messianic Jewish websites, and the first one I looked at was called lifeinmessiah.org. So just for our listeners, Messianic Jews are, are people who um, still hold to all of the Jewish traditions and the Jewish faith, but they also accept Jesus as their Messiah. So their websites are helpful in sort of understanding how they see and understand the connection between things that we might not be familiar with. So lifeinmessiah.org pointed out that Jewish tradition states that God offered the Torah to all the nations of the world, but only one nation would accept its stringent demands, and that was Israel. Along with the written Torah, it's taught that God also gave the oral Torah to Moses on Mount Sinai. So they there's this first thing that that God, um, you know, he offered the Torah to Moses, and the rabbis actually suggest that it was on Shavuot that this was the day that the Torah was given to Moses, and this is a, a rabbinical tradition, and it wasn't kind of random. It was just that um, the the giving of the law had occurred in the third month, and Shavuot also occurs in the third month, and so they those two things became connected in Jewish tradition. So, and then there was another Messianic website I looked at. It's called chosenpeople.com. And it says, again, that Shavuot represents the annual commemoration of the day that God gave the Torah to the nation of Israel. And this means that the entire nation was celebrating the anniversary of God's covenant with Israel. And on that day, God fulfilled his promise to send the Holy Spirit. So there's these parallels between the giving of the Torah and the giving of the Spirit and it just reinforces that significance of the arrival of God's promised spirit on Pentecost. You were giving me a hard time because I gave myself Acts 2. I gave you that section because yeah, I, I didn't want to have to dive into that. <laughs> <laughs> so um, so obviously as we read Acts 2, there was some uh, weird stuff, some yeah. crazy stuff uh, you know, that happened on that day. Um, there was wind. There was fire. Honestly, I, I just wanted to say there's earth, wind, and fire. Yeah. We'll get it, but <laughs> there, was, there was blasting winds. There was fire. There was speaking in languages that, pe- that had been previously unknown to them. Just uh, imagine that. It probably, you know, for us, it, it probably sounded like gibberish, but people would be like, hey, that's my language. Yeah. I speak that. Like, what is happening? Like, like instant Rosetta Why do sound? I understand yeah. you now? Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So what was happening? <laughs> and what was this supposed to tell us? Well. In the Old Testament, we see that wind or breath is is used two ways. Wind is often used to show God's power. Um, 
we see that in the New Testament too, right? As we, as we see when the disciples are on the boat in the winds and Jesus calmed the winds, as we can see God's power. And breath is associated with the giving of life from God, right? He breathed into the man's nostrils and he became a living being in, back in Genesis 1. Um, and two. This is exactly what Jesus told his followers before he ascended back to heaven to await the coming of the Holy Spirit who would come upon them in power. So we have wind and breath. There's also fire. Fire in the Old Testament was associated with the presence of God. We see that during the wilderness experience of Exodus when God's presence with them was literally a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. (laughs) I need to pause there for a second. Right. And imagine... What is the hour, like the exact time in which it changed from, it t- changed from cloud to fire? I, and is that something that people like sat and watched? Be like, it's almost time. It's gonna light up. <laughs> Boom, you know, like I'm just curious what that was. Be like, was it sundown? Ever? I'm just any, yeah. anyway. <laughs> just uh, just thinking about that. Um, and, and then we also see um, in the Old Testament in the book of Isaiah where. He uses fire as a metaphor for God. We see that in Isaiah 10, 17. Now, the Holy Spirit is God's presence with us all the time. And as we are, as we are now, as Paul writes, the temple of God. So what about the speaking in these languages? Again, they weren't languages. It wasn't gibberish. It was actually known languages that they just didn't know when they woke up that morning. It wasn't Klingon. No, it was not Klingon. Just saying. Um. But this was a miracle that God allowed for these people. So again, this is a, fe- a feast day where all able-bodied Jews are supposed to come, the passage said, from all over the world to Jerusalem. So there's people from all corners of the world. And this incredible outpouring of God's spirit is happening. And by the um, apostles being able to speak in these languages, it allowed all of the people there to experience what God was doing. So God gave them a special ability. It reminded me of um, Bezalel and Holiab. (laughs) All these names. Uh, Loads of fun. Yeah. These are the guys that back when God um, commissioned the building of the tabernacle, it says that he gave these two men special skill to accomplish what needed to be done at that time. And so this miracle of being able to speak in languages they didn't know was so that all the people there could experience and participate in what God was doing that day. So how do we put this all together? I mean, what do we do with all this? It's a lot. And how can, most importantly, how can it impact my walk with Jesus today? And the first thing truly is that it's a reminder that God keeps his promises. So Pentecost as it occurs in Acts 2, is the fulfillment of a centuries-old prophecy, and it echoes aspects of God's relationship with his people, as seen in the book of Exodus, as he gave them the law, and then journeyed with them through the desert. In Pentecost, it also, it, it helps us to focus back on the presence of God with us in this new life that he gives us by the power of the Holy Spirit. The giving of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost, it radically changed our relationship with God. Because before that day, the Holy Spirit came upon people for specific purposes. 
it says at different places in the Bible, and the Spirit of the Lord came upon so mm-hmm. and so, mm-hmm. and something something happened in that. Um, and then, so so as we saw, so uh, of the Holy Spirit, it came upon people for specific purposes, and then it was frequently removed when they disobeyed, right, or when they rebelled against God. And you say, Ooh, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure it felt like I'm lighter. Wait a second, that's Wait, not a good thing. That's not a good thing. As a general rule, believers did not have God's Spirit dwelling in them. That was that was not a thing. Right. Too much. However, since that day. Since Pentecost, believers have been indwelt with the Holy Spirit. It, the Bible calls him a deposit, guaranteeing the promises of God. Jesus called him our comforter who would be with us, who would instruct us and illuminate God's word for us. Mm-hmm. The Holy Spirit, um, if, you've, if you've never done a, a study of the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. the um, in the show notes, we will link some videos from foundations talking about the Holy Spirit, so sure. you can get a full, like a good doctrinal look, right, at at the Holy Spirit. So, in, encourage you to check that out. And really, out of this, we just want to encourage you to really take the time to remember God's power, mm-hmm. right? Just think about that. That God. That the that God sent the Holy Spirit. God again, knowing all along, and, and and this was a part of what Jesus was saying is Jesus had to return to the Father right. so that the Holy Spirit could come. Mm-hmm. He's he said, I know you like having me here. Right. Trust me, things are about to get even better. Yeah. Right? Which would have been so hard to believe, right? The person that they loved and followed. And now he says, It's actually better for you if I go away. And I can hear myself going, No, nah, I don't think so. Yeah, and for us, if we think about it a bit, it, it, it feels like we may have a hard time with that, right? Because Jesus, especially for the disciples, was tangible. Right. They could see him, they could touch him, they could walk with him, mm-hmm. right? Imagine if Jesus just never ascended and still lived all these thousands of years, you know, mm-hmm. is as a tangible thing, is, is we would think, wow, that's better, that's cool. Right. But with Jesus saying, no, 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 the Spirit of God living inside of you beats that, Beats the, you know, right. and so it's that reminder. It's an encouragement to remind ourselves that the spirit of the Lord lives in us mm-hmm. and that we can talk with the spirit of God. Mm-hmm. We can look in and, and that's that comforter spot that we we're talking about. That's power from God that's living in you. Mm-hmm. And there is, there is so much there. So again, I don't want to do a whole foundations deep dive <laughs> of the Holy Spirit here. Um, but you can go in and listen to that. And then uh, take the time to just to be thankful mm-hmm. and offer gratitude mm-hmm. that, that not only did God send his son to die for you, but he sent his spirit to live in you. Right. There is, I, again, it, it's one of these things where I think if we actually properly understood it, our, our minds would just melt inside yeah. of our heads. Um, you know, so, so my just encouragement is to, is, is to take a few minutes right now and to just kind of sit with that and to meditate with that and just mm-hmm. thank God, um, that, that he thought to, to give his spirit to us for those who love him and have accepted the redemptive work of Christ, that we now have the spirit of God living in us permanently. 
mm-hmm. that he seals our hearts that he is that he that that he is that he's doing life with us mm-hmm. in us right mm-hmm. um so anyway any other thoughts linda about pentecost anything as you were doing this research anything else that kind of sparked or came up or or feelings or thoughts <laughs> feelings or thoughts i think i was just just kind of what you were were focusing on just the reminder that you know, Paul writes that the power that raised Christ from the dead lives in you, lives mm-hmm. in you. It's not like just we, it's not like we got just a little bit of God's spirit, you know, just, <laughs> to, just enough to get by. It's like that, that power lives in us so that whatever we're facing, we're never alone. And not only are we not alone, but by his power, he is with us and he's able to help us get through anything that we're facing. So I just, that was such an encouragement to me. And then just the reminder of how faithful God is. He does keep his promises. Yeah. You know, I mean, when, when Joel was written, I don't even, you know, yeah, Joel right? probably had no idea what he was actually referring to. He just kind of wrote it, you know, he wrote it as he was inspired to write it, but. Encouragement to go back and read your minor prophets. <laughs> yeah. If you can find it, you can read it. <laughs> check your, check the index in the beginning. Um, but yeah, just, just the powerful truths of, of God's presence with us. That's great. Well, well, friends, we hope you had a happy May. And uh, we look forward to being back with you again uh, for another episode of Doable Discipleship next week. If you enjoyed this episode, consider giving us a rating or a review on iTunes. If you do, you'll help other people find us in the future. You can also listen to these episodes on YouTube. Just subscribe to the Saddleback Church YouTube channel for these conversations, plus lots of other video content. And if you are already listening to us on YouTube, subscribe to the Doable Discipleship Podcast on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcasting app so you can listen in the car or wherever else you go. Don't forget to visit saddleback.com slash doable to check out all of our previous episodes. And go to saddleback.com slash grow to find spiritual growth resources and view a calendar of upcoming events. Lastly, you can always get in touch with us by emailing maturity at saddleback.com. Send us your thoughts, send us your questions, your Bible questions, your life questions, whatever. Who knows? Your question might just inspire an upcoming episode. Thanks again for tuning in to Doable Discipleship. I'm Jason Whelan, and I hope you'll join us again next week.